0: Hey, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Check the Stats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Leon. As always, this series lives on theanalyst.com and available wherever you get your podcast. You like what you hear on whatever audio podcast platform you're listening to us right now. Leave us a five star review and comment, please. And as always, with each episode, we'll examine how sports stats are used by players, coaches, scouts, trainers and broadcasters alike as part of their everyday profession. So let me give you some names here for our guests today and and the clients that he's worked with. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance of the 49ers, Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. These are just some, some of the names that our guest today has worked with during the NFL offseason as the CEO of Quarterback Takeover Our guest is one of the premier trainers of NFL, college, and high school quarterbacks and athletes across the country. You can visit QBTakeOver.com to see all the programs he offers, such as the skill sharpening program that takes place during the season and assists athletes in focusing on the team component of the game, along with the fundamentals that they have built in the offseason to even his six-month off-season training program that helps these athletes focus on specific skills each month, ultimately preparing them for game day at the top of the season. That man is none other than Quincy Avery. As the son of a former NFL coach, Quincy's been around the game, a real student of it, and his clients trust him with being able to achieve success that is measurable and immeasurable at times. And today he's going to share with us how he uses stats in his profession within some of these programs in helping these elite level athletes take their game to that next level. So Quincy Avery, thank you for hopping on the check the stats podcast, Mike Leon, appreciate you coming on.
1: Mike, I appreciate you having me on today.
0: Yeah, so so Q, like I was telling you off air a little bit about what this show is intended goal, Um, but for our audience that may not be familiar with your work and all the clients that I mentioned before you hopped on that you work with, tell us a little bit about how you got into sports performance and coaching some of these elite level college and NFL quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to to grow up around the game of football. My dad was an NFL and college coach, so that's something that I've just been around and seen a lot of coming up. Uh, When I got done coaching or playing at Morehouse College, I went out to UCLA, was able to get on that staff, did that for two years. Then at the conclusion of that, I decided that I wanted to privately train and um, just started messaging and reaching out to guys. I was fortunate enough to get Joshua Dobbs, who's with the Steelers now, but I got him when he was like in 10th grade, was working with him. Then I got Deshaun Watson, was working with him. And when you're working with two of the best quarterbacks in the state, it allows your, your business to really get going. But what, what helped me out the most, there was two, two things that really were uh, monumental in my career. Is one, getting on the Elite 11 staff with Trent Dilfer, and then every year being connected to the best high school quarterbacks in the country. And the second thing was doing a good enough job with, with Josh and Deshaun that when they made it to the NFL level, that they wanted to come back and train with me. There's trainers all over the country who are reaching out to them with hopes to train them. So being successful in that way. And then my, my business has just been allowed to, to flourish.
0: Yeah. And I mentioned the roster of clients that you have, and we're going to get into some of them, Trey, Lance, Justin Fields. Um, but when a client kind of reaches out to you to help them in the off season, and I mentioned uh, the QB that people can check out the different programs that you have there, but take us into the process of what a client could be looking at and what your program helps them with.
1: So well, I think what guys are really looking for is what guys think that they're looking for is they initially think they're looking for somebody who's gonna help them throw the football better, be able to react better in games. I think that I do both of those things really, really well. I think that we have a really good plan in terms of helping them be able to generate more force from the ground and efficiently get the ball out of their hand accurately to the target. So that's what we do. But more important, importantly than that, the thing that I provide is guys leave, work with me with more confidence. And that's something that's really difficult to measure, but everybody around them feels that confidence. And if you don't have confidence at the quarterback, at the quarterback position, you will not be successful.
0: Yeah. You know, we just had Ray Lucas, the former NFL quarterback for the Jets, who mentioned something similar. Um, You just you just talked about the confidence level. And I mentioned there's measurable and immeasurable stats. But so I recently mentioned that you just work with Justin Fields and and Trey Lance. So when Justin Fields comes to you now, what's the overall plan that you guys are going to put him through? And is there a data set that he's looking at improving on, you know, from going from major college to the NFL game? You mentioned a couple of different things there, but take us in through the process of like what a Justin Fields is looking at, knowing that he's going to go into Chicago, potentially be the starter in week one.
1: So there's, there's a couple of things that I track pretty consistently that we'll provide Justin with the data on. And, and it's not, those things are helpful, but at the level that Justin's at um, we're just li- li- really about being more comfortable with his office because his skill set is kind of what it is at this point. We just want to be more accurate, but what we use for, for guys like that for the highest level of guys and even guys in high school, middle school for me is um, load to target. Right. So when they decide to throw the football, when their initial movement happens, how long does it take them from that initial movement to the ball getting to the target? So that measures two things, how quickly they're releasing the football and what is the velocity on the football? Like a lot of times you'll hear somebody say, yeah, this guy throws 58 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour. Well, that's not that important if it takes him much longer to get the ball out of his hands and get to the target right? If you have a really quick release and you're throwing at 52, that a lot of times can be as efficient as somebody with a longer trigger and, and going at 58, 59 miles an hour.
0: When you uh, sit back, you've worked with so many quarterbacks and you sit back now and you examine some of this QB data that's out there, you know, the quarterback rating, completion percentage, Is is some of these metrics overblown? And also are your clients like, Looking at those metrics and saying, I need to improve on that. Like, what is what is something that you're hearing from people that you're working with on some of those statistical measurements?
1: Yeah, we're we're always looking at those things, but but some of those can be misleading. I'll, I'll talk about some Jalen Hurts, for example. Right. His completion percentage last year, I think, is around fifty seven, fifty eight percent, if I'm not mistaken, which is not a high completion percentage. But if you look at his throws. He was. He attempted less passes five yards or shorter than all the other starting quarterbacks in that same time period. So a lot of those gimme throws, the easy throws, the check downs, just getting the easy completions, he wasn't doing a good job of. And that's something that me and him stressed and talked about this off season. It's like, if we have a better idea of exactly what's going on through the offense, we'll have a better, we'll easily be able to get to those check downs. You get to those check downs. And now your completion percentage is 65, 66%. And now people look at you different as a passer. You didn't necessarily improve anything in how you were throwing the football. You just improved how you are able to get to easier completions. And, and pretty much with all my guys, we're talking about completion percentage more than anything else. Because if you're completing the ball at a high percentage, 80% or so in camp and practice, that's going to lead to a high percentage in the game, fewer interceptions, more touchdowns, more yards. So that is probably the biggest thing that I harp on. I don't say much about like interceptions or things like that because you have to be aggressive, but you need to complete the ball at a high percentage.
0: Yeah. Jalen Hurts last year, 52% completion percentage. So pretty good there that his trainer is almost close right there. Yards per attempt, 7.2, and obviously a thousand yards passing. Obviously a small sample size, only four games started for Jalen. Um, so let me ask you, Quincy, where's the ROI for the customer base of clients that you have? You've mentioned you know, some of this load to target um, metrics that you use, but when they come back to you, is it that they're comfortable with the training style, the exercises or the jump that they made statistically? Like where's that measurement?
1: I think that it's a a bit of all those things, right? We help them improve in their fundamentals so that they can be quicker and generate more force. So that loaded target does improve. And then they, they typically see real improvements in their game. And I think that all the guys that I worked with, like pre-draft, they saw a dramatic increase from where they were projected to go to where they actually went. Right. So that's actually dollars in their pocket that they could say, Quincy helped me earn $4 million, $7 million. Like we talked to people talking about Jalen hurts going in the third, fourth round prior to his rookie season. He goes early in the second, like there's hundreds of thousands of dollars that we helped him make. So that's somebody who's going to want to come back. Um, Joshua, like everybody we can see, like, how we help them earn money. And I think that that's important to these guys because at the end of the day, that's just about how do you generate more income?
0: Yeah, I totally agree on that part. Um, let me ask you, we have a stat here from our good folks over at The Analyst because you've worked with two of these people in particular. So quarterbacks with fewer than 24 college games who were not number one overall picks. There's three people on this list that were drafted this past April, uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance. You work with two of them and from that list of these non-first overall picks, I think only three of them are pro bowlers, Matt Castle, Mitch Trubisky, and Ryan Tannehill. So take me through the quarterbacks that you've worked with right now from that draft class, like I just mentioned. Which one do you think has the potential to make the most immediate impact given situation around him? I know Trey Lance may not be the Niner starter on day one. The Bears obviously making some moves and signing Andy Dalton in the offseason. Which one do you think has the potential to be that day one starter?
1: I don't think either of the guys that I worked with will be day one starters, and it's not because of their talent level or skill set. I just think that both of their teams have a plan in place for them not to be the starter and and learn a little bit. and I think that that's going to be help that could be helpful for them having a limited number of starts. They've both started a good number of games. They haven't got to that 24 game threshold, and that usually happens at uh, the the two year mark um and playing a little bit more than that so they didn't hit that number per se but what they will do is learn a lot and and I just think that Trey's situation is so much more helpful than Justin's right you're going to the best of the best play calling NFL who schemes things wide open right and you get a chance to be really successful so when people ask me that it's not has nothing to do with their skill set talent level I just think that Trey's going into a situation that's a lot more favorable to early success.
0: You fed right into the follow-up because the quarterback position has evolved. The game's more offense heavy. There's more spread concepts, not only taught in high school and college, there's more RPO. Um, So I wanted to ask you, how closely do you work with some of the teams on getting your clients and, and gearing your training program towards that? Is there any collaboration with that?
1: Truly depends on the team, the organization, what type of relationship. Right With rookies rookies going into their first camp, if I don't already know the coaching staff, there won't be much collaboration. It'll be, let me just develop them the best I can in terms of skill development. Coming off their first, second year, then I start to develop a relationship with their staff. We'll talk more. I'll say, hey, these are the things that I plan on working with, working with them on. Is there anything specifically to you that you want to see him improve on or make a jump on that we can get started on? Um, and I can start coaching it the way you guys want it to be coached so that he has that advantage coming in next year to
0: OTAs. So Q, you've got, obviously, you you mentioned you work with Elite 11 and Trent Dilfer's program, uh, Rutgers, my alma mater, has one of those Elite 11 quarterbacks coming in. So give us a name of somebody that you're looking at, either at the high school or college level, from this position that you say this person is the next big thing that you're currently working with.
1: I'll talk about a college guy who I think is really, really special, and that is CJ Stroud at Ohio State. I think that he is as talented as anybody in the country, very, very accurate. He moves well. And I think being in that offense with those receivers around him, he is going to be the main. Uh, he's going to be really, really successful. He's going to be uh, a Heisman candidate in his first year playing quarterback.
0: Wow. That's very high praise. And then at the high school level, you work with some of these elite 11 quarterbacks, um give me somebody that you think will make this immediate impact at some of these big programs that these guys are already committed to
1: i think Jacory Brown has an opportunity to go to the University of Miami and be a starter it won't be this coming year cuz he'll still he'll be a senior but the year following uh he he has a chance to really be a talented guy because he's so raw in the fact that he wasn't asked to do a lot of like the progressions and work through those details as a high school player but when he goes to a system and he sees like he gets a real coordinator who's able to develop him as a passer. He has the opportunity to make like real strides real quickly. And it might be not be his, his very first year on campus, but soon come he'll be able to be um, one of the guys that we look at as a face of college football.
0: Well, see, I mentioned a bunch of quarterbacks that you work with, but is and, and your site mentions athletes. Is there any other NFL college athletes that your program works with? Maybe somebody that's listened to it that says, hey, I'm not a quarterback. I play a different position, but I would love to work with Quincy Avery.
1: We haven't, we haven't ventured into that. I think that we do a lot of the things that are helpful to rotational athletes everywhere. So, um, from our strength and we have a, a, a phenomenal strength and conditioning program that I think puts people's bodies in great positions to rotate, whether that's golf, hitting a baseball, throwing a baseball, like all those things are rotational activities that we we think that we help with.
0: IQ now I got to ask you because I mentioned the roster of all the people you worked with and obviously the big names are out there who's who, give me some NFL predictions here what what team do you think is going to be a surprise team of some of the clients that you work with could be non clients that you work with based on the quarterback position you're a quarterback evaluator who's the team that's going to win you know and hold the Lombardi trophy in February
1: I would give the the 49ers are a real opportunity to do that with their defense, right? Their defense is really good. And of course they have a play caller who's who's really, really talented. Like that would be the team that people are looking at maybe to win a Super Bowl who could, who could definitely do it.
0: That's a surprising pick right there. The 49ers. <laughs> All right. Somebody Ray went with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but obviously that's the chalk uh, easy pick.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't want to go with the. I didn't want to go with the 49ers, although, of course, they're going to be. I mean, I didn't want to go with the Buccaneers, although they're going to be really good. At one point, Tom Brady has to slow down. I don't know when it is. I don't think any of us do, but father time is undefeated.
0: So I was going to say. So let me ask you about that because you just you just jumped right into it. father time. you are seeing Aaron Rodgers win NFL MVP last year. Throwing for over forty five hundred yards, right? He's fewest interceptions in the league. He's thirty seven, and he's not going to play his last year in Green Bay, as of next year. Ben Roethlisberger is getting up there in age. Brady's defying the the laws of physics and logic. Um, what do you think about some of these older quarterbacks? How they stay in shape and how they stay prepared for the season? Because you know the grind. You're working with some of these younger quarterbacks, like I mentioned, and um, obviously they're athletic. You know, they're younger. Time is on their side. What do you make of some of the older quarterbacks in the league, and can can they sustain this?
1: I think it's really interesting to see someone like Tom Brady, who is—he's like 45 now, right, or 44. So he's up there in age. I don't know exactly the age. He's old. Ben Roethlisberger is not as old as I feel like we think he is. Like he's still in his thirties and you see, like he didn't do as good of a job taking care of his body throughout his career. And we're seeing the negative effects of that at the end. Like he's still in the NFL, but he's nowhere near who he was for so many years. And then there's Aaron Rodgers, who did a pretty good job, did it differently. Like did a good job in the off season, like taking time off from throwing, relaxing for a bit, then working really hard in the time that he did work so we're seeing three people who do did it really differently Tom Brady who's showing like you can do this for a long time if you really do a good job and I think Ian Rogers is going to be able to play for another four or five years and, and really be successful and I think Ben he probably has a year left right so we're seeing like the effects on the things that you do at the position and it's not only like how Ben worked out but the way that he played the hits that he took just his his style of football. So. We see that like if you do the right things, or do things that people say are the right things, and then you have an opportunity to play the quarterback position for a long time. And I think it's going to be interesting see, to see Russell Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson played a little bit like Ben Roethlisberger, got banged up a bit, but on the other end, he takes care of his body like Tom Brady. So, is he going to be a guy who can still play till he's forty-five? And if he is, and I think that a lot of other a lot of these younger guys in the quarterback position are going to really like, let me take care of my body in this way.
0: Quincy, before we let you go, give our audience the elevator pitch of why they should work with QB Takeover. When you go to a client, you must have a, a stat sheet or something that not only explains the programs. Obviously, you're known now, so everybody knows what, what's measurable and immeasurable from your programs. But give us the elevator pitch of, of what Quincy Avery will help take your game to that next level. It's crazy.
1: I don't even think about it in terms of elevator pitch. I really break it down, like boil it down to almost one sentence, right? I take the best quarterbacks in the world and I make them better. And if you want to be the best, you probably should come work with a quarterback takeover and myself.
0: That's it. And listen, I mean, I mean, do you got any room for a 39 year old Puerto Rican that never played quarterback? Do you have any? I can teach you some things. I'm actually coming to New York in, in two weeks and doing
1: a, a shoot. Um, and we're teaching somebody who's never played quarterback how to play. So it's going to be interesting.
0: Let's see how it oh, goes. Interesting. Where's, where's yeah. that going to be at?
1: We're going to be in Manhattan somewhere. I haven't got the, the, the thumbprint yet, but as soon as I get it, I'll shoot you a text. And you can come out.
0: That's awesome. All right. I, I will look forward to that. I may warm up the arm because, you know, I played baseball, <laughs> but, um, the translatable translators, you mentioned Q. I always see you working on your golf game. Keep that up. I love that. <laughs> as a single digit handicap myself for my audience. Um, uh, love that. So we'll exchange. I will teach you some golf tips. And you can look at mm-hmm. my in point nine. Um, and <laughs> in exchange, you know, Quincy's going to teach me. Maybe I'll get you know at the Texans camp or something, Broncos camp. Maybe okay. somebody. <laughs> right, that's what I heard. So, Quincy Avery, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, man. I truly appreciate it. For sure, appreciate you. All right, that was Quincy Avery, the quarterback legendary quarterback trainer. Let's put some respect on his name. Uh, obviously, QBTakeover.com. Like I mentioned, you can check out all of the programs that Quincy's team and his staff are working on with different quarterbacks at the different levels. Like he mentioned, Elite 11, working with Trent Dilfer's program there, which identifies it's a big camp that narrows down the Elite 11 quarterbacks at the high school level. Uh, and then obviously he works with some college names that he gave you there. Um, and then, of course, the roster of NFL clients, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. And Trey Lance, Justin Fields, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know Dwayne Haskins, the list goes on and on. He's really done a fantastic job in that space, and how he really evaluates the data, like he mentioned. You know, year over year for these guys, what they're trying to improve on. He gave you the Jalen Hurts example about completion percentage. Jalen fifty-two percent last year, and how he's trying to make that jump with shorter passes and, and the different things that his training program helps these guys do. So, check out all of Quincy's Avery Quincy Avery's work. Excuse me, online. Follow him on social media. He's a great follow. Uh, as always, for this show, if you want to get more of this, uh, obviously go to theanalyst.com. You can read all the articles, all the cool content that we have that really tell you the story. Story with the use of sports data and whatever audio podcast platform you're listening to us on now, please leave us a five-star review and comment, please. I'm going to say pretty please for the audience out there. Uh, we'll see everybody next time for another installment of the Check That Stats podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. Take care, everybody.